Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at Stitcher.com. There are things that no morally normal person would think of doing if it wasn't that they believed in religion or in divine instruction. Take a transcendent experience that I'm sure a lot of you have had. I've had three times. Hold a newborn baby in your hands. I'm a pretty leathery old cynic. This must be evident to you all. <laughs> Nonetheless, if you're ever going to feel that a little miracle has occurred in your life, that the free gift has been given by nature, by the that's probably the moment likeliest to feel it. It also means you absolutely know, by the way, you're going to die at that moment, and that you have to, in order to make way. Interesting point. I'm, re I'm quite resigned to my own death because I know my children don't want me to live forever. <laughs> and I have to get out of the way. That's just the way it is. And I also make, I hereby also highly resolve, I, would, I want them to be at my funeral. I don't want to be at theirs. Now I know what I'm doing. So here's this bundle. Look at the little indentations and the earlobes that it's so impressed with the chambers and all that. And then, you should be getting on with parenting, but no. Uh, first, let's find a sharp stone or a knife and start hacking at the genitalia. Because <laughs> after it turns out the design isn't that great, and in a crucial feature too. <laughs> it needs to be sawn away. A lot of it needs to be sawn away. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. And I really mean it this time, because we actually do not have a guest. And you're not going to welcome Matt at this and point. And I am not no. welcoming Matt <laughs> with our welcome Matt. This is episode 48. Of Cognitive Dissonance, the episode that almost wasn't. <laughs> Cecil records this show from his office in uh, downtown Chicago, which is where the NATO summit is happening this weekend. So they have the whole city on fucking lockdown. It's fucking amazing. They totally do. And uh, and the other buildings downtown, there's people standing out like with fucking posted guards. I, I kind of hope that it, in the end, it's like... 25 people walk by with pickets holding hands. Like, that's that what I hope awesome. happens. But I don't know what, I mean, I don't know. They actually took the fucking bike racks out from downtown because they were afraid that fucking ne'er-do-wells were going to throw them through windows. You can take our bike racks, but you'll never take our freedom! <laughs> <laughs> we, Lord, we just asked it to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord, open hearts. Female genital mutilation might be illegal, but it still takes place in the U.K., this story is awful. Oh. It's awful. And it's particularly awful, Cecil, because it has a picture <laughs> on, like, that accompanies the story. What is of that? Some fucking medieval torture device looking shit. Uh, hey, I, I, it's exhibit E7. Right. <laughs> 
of the prosecution. It, it, it also does not look ribbed for her pleasure. It is definitely not a French tickler. That, I mean, you no. know, these, these. Although with one of these, you could probably hit the G spot. I'm looking at one of these right now. And I guarantee you could hit the G spot. Yeah, old with Kirby there? That's that's yeah. <laughs> old old Gonzo, old McGonzo there. Yeah, absolutely. You could fucking really I, roll it right in there. Now, I don't profess to be an expert on anatomy, but I doubt that these tools are really necessary for the horrific, <sighs> horrific job. Who manufactures these specific tools? <laughs> Can you imagine going into the female genital mutilation shop? You're just right, like, uh, right. what do you have in the way of, uh, like, something to, like, really damage a woman? Like, I mean, really just <laughs> something awful, something horrifying, something to just, like, just... Yeah, oh, we've got these these clitoris removers here in aisle seven. <laughs> oh no! Do you have anything that's like barbed with like razor wire and spring loaded? Do you have anything with those three attributes? Because it really because it really looks like the top one looks like one of those jacks you throw down when you're playing fucking jacks as a kid, oh. except for much larger and it goes somewhere else that you don't want it to go. It's either that or these are custom made, right? You know that there's somebody's like, oh, only the finest custom made female genital mutilation equipment available. <laughs> I want, I actually think it's more like you know like the made for TV sham wow sort of sale like act now twenty nine ninety five will get you the guns we'll throw in you know? not one but two like wait that's <laughs> awful I don't hey, I don't need to I don't there's no reason I'm I'm gonna take good care of this one so I'm gonna be fine wait this is the general mutilation thing you know this is only comes from a like a mystical religious worldview. Because there's no r- rational no, reason no. to cut off your fucking genitalia. Right. There just doesn't fucking exist. So this sort of thing happening uh, is 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 based on religion. And one of the things too is that the 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 place that's actually against it is the Daughters of Eve. Why are they choosing a religious I way to have battle? It? No idea why you would want to decide that you are a daughter of Eve when it's the religious nuts that are. Yeah, why don't you just be the um, daughters of we still have our clitorises, for example, you know. Yeah, why is this happening in the U.K.? That's that's the thing that is, you know, th- th- what's particularly egregious to me about this is this is happening in, you know, not some, uh, you know, international backwater of the world. But this is happening right. in the fucking U.K. It. it this is such a grossly unacceptable practice to have something like this happen to just maim these girls, you know, like, oh, well, yeah, we want to make sure that you I mean, here in the States, I'm sure that it's happening to, to some degree as well. It's just not reported in this particular article. But, you know, there's there's the shame that's done by religious organizations that try to make women feel uh, ashamed of their sexuality, ashamed of their bodies, but to actually take that a step further and just be like, whoa, whoa, maybe the indoctrination won't work, so we'll just cut that shit off. That's horrifying. Yeah, yeah and this is, this is done by prudish peoples to, uh, to make sure that women don't enjoy sex, right, to stop them from having sex, before specifically before they get married right before you and it's not before they get married it's before you give them away to some dude because even in cult in most cultures where this sort of thing is popular that's how it's done it's hey i want your daughter 
oh, cool, I happen to have a daughter. Do you have a money or a fucking basket <laughs> right. or a fucking, you know, a fucking handful of snakes and I'll trade her? Snakes. And, then, and then they do. Where could I get a handful of snakes? If only I had a daughter. <laughs> yeah, I. but the thing is, is like, you know, maybe it's a cultural context, right? I said earlier that it can only be done in a religious context, but it can be a cultural context. But again, it's such a backwards fucking cultural concept. I don't even buy cultural relativism on this bullshit where you're just like, you know, oh, you can't, you've got to respect all kinds of cultures and cultural beliefs. No, you don't. You don't have to respect the ones that damage people. You don't have to respect those. And I, I do tend to think that has to come from some basis in fucking witch doctory or fucking or religion or some of that shit. It's got to be laced in there. Two things. First of all, if you want to make sure your women don't enjoy sex, just let me have sex with them. I'll take care sure. of it. Sure. You know? Yeah. No woman ever enjoys it when I... But <laughs> the, <laughs> that's terrible. But it's seriously, like, how much are these women going to enjoy sex anyway when their husbands are part of a culture that clearly doesn't respect or, you know, sure, it doesn't like you women any- or women's yeah. sexuality? Like, you're not really going right. to be, you know, getting in and doing that thing right. So yeah. it's what the fuck. But you, you, you look at something like this and you think, what is what is an analog? You know, what if we weren't removing uh, genitals? What if we were saying, oh, well, you know, we're just going to pluck the eye. We're going to pluck the left eye out of every girl. Sure. Cut off their hand. You know, that would be, oh, that's ridiculous. Who would would do such a thing? Well, the only reason that they can can get away with it is because, you know, these cultures have such, as you pointed out, prudish, ridiculous, unnecessary... Uh, sensibilities about sex, sexuality, and specifically women's sexuality. You know, if it was any other body part, it wouldn't even be a conversation. You wouldn't, there would be no defenders of, we pluck out the left eye of every girl within our culture. There's no defender of that. And we, we, I mean, we we mutilate the genitals of a a ton of males in this country. We constantly mutilate them. But (laughs) the difference between the two. At some point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I eventually, I eventually just get to stop. Please right? stop mutilating um, my genitals. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. They're like ten. <laughs> just like, oh, I haven't, I haven't been able to sit down for years. But, but like, uh, it, the idea is that uh, that when you do it to a woman, you absolutely re- like remove all pleasure from the sexual experience. As a dude, I I have a circumcision. My, my the old juncular region has been circumcised on me when I was a when I was a little wee tot. And as it stands right now, I can still have sexual pleasure. But women don't have that. They, it's not the same thing. When they get it done, it's fucking way more severe than when males get it done. So it's, it's way worse. It's, I mean, I understand that I'm lessening my sexual pleasure because I have, I have been circumcised. But, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, can still, I can still, you know, produce. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was the norm, I think, for everybody. I mean, for, for most males in our generation, you know, yeah, in the absolutely. States, you know, I'm yeah. circumcised as well. But it doesn't, you know, I don't feel less than because they didn't fucking cut my dick off. You know, yeah. they, they didn't cut exactly, the glands right? of my penis off. You yeah. know, I still got the junk. It's just different yeah. than it was when it's I was like born. lopping the tip off of right. that thing. It's just like, hey, you know, we're going to clip it like a fingernail. This is... <laughs> Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar.
So this next story is from LGBTQ Nation. 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 I like it, Nation. I cannot speak. Speaking is not a thing for me. Four Iranian men sentenced to death by hanging for sodomy. Um, that seems impossible to me. Why would that be impossible? Well, I, I, I remember uh, when that nut hut, what was his name? Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad? Yeah, he came to the States and they asked him about homosexuality in Iran. And he said, there is no homosexual in Iran. Iran is homosexual free. So it strikes me as odd that they would be hanging for it. Well, hold on now. Okay, I think I can explain this. Okay. My house is very similar to Iran. But instead of, you know, it being so. a homosexual free zone, my house is a cupcake free zone. Whenever cupcakes come into my house, <laughs> they are immediately destroyed. They are immediately yes. taken out. Completely taken out. So th- my house is technically a cupcake-free zone. However, there have been cupcakes in my house. I see. Do you see I how see. I, you know that? Right. Basic, right. Yeah. So, but you know, these cupcakes. <laughs> but, you know, first of all, I've been to your right. home. I've been offered very few yeah, cupcakes. Admittedly, because they're gone. So we're going to have to talk about immediately this as soon as they come in. It just it's like it's like a revolving door for cupcakes. For fuck's sake, you're hanging them for being gay? <laughs> you don't want to talk about cupcakes anymore? <laughs> no, man. I, what am I, you know, you fucking vanquish those did. cupcakes. I, I never get a cupcake. I damaged those I'm... cupcakes. That's all I'm saying. I laid the hurt on them. No, uh, I, I don't understand, you know, a country where you're, you're, you're so afraid of homosexuality that you're just going to murder somebody. I mean, that's, that's so outrageous. As to, it's almost that you cannot believe it happens. Well, you know what? I can understand not believing it happens because from the article, quote, although being gay is not a crime based on Iranian criminal law, but this is the most clear statement against same-sex acts in past months. It's not, it's a, not crime. a crime. Why can- what, would, what would happen to you if you committed a crime? Jeez. Oh, what, what do they do for if they fucking hang you? Genital mutilation. For having the sexy times with a dude. Genital mutilation. <laughs> that's in the UK. You know what? I guess I wonder too. Like, what do you, you? I was just on my way to the store. Oh, well, they hung you. You know, like, like if nothing. If certain things aren't a crime, you're just like, well, I was standing outside smoking a cigarette. Well, they hung you for that. It's just random acts that are not. They just they're not crimes, but they're just they're worthy of a hanging. And that and that's the problem. What was the what was the other nation we were talking about a few weeks ago that didn't even have? It was Egypt yeah. right? Was it Egypt that didn't even have a written set of laws? Yeah. Do you remember no, that? it's uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia didn't even have a written set of laws. It's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll just figure that yeah. out. We'll just, we'll wing it. We're going to wing it. Well, they, they're they <laughs> winging it, and these four dudes are These dead. guys wish they had wings, actually, when they dropped. Yeah, no then they shit. hover at least for a moment before they died. How do you go to court and appeal your, your, your uh, conviction? Well, you've been convicted. We're going to hang you. For what? Well, sodomy. Well, it's not against the law. Listen, we're just going to hang you. I don't know what to tell you. We're just really, we're, we're hankering for a hanging here. What so. a brutal fucking picture, too, huh? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, man. Not That's not a safe. Don't click on this link if you don't want to see people that have been hung. Yeah. And if you do want to see people that have been hung, examine your motives. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I would like to read just a few comments from the Million Moms Facebook page. This is on their page. And uh, not that there's anyone counting, but um, for a group that calls themselves the Million Moms, they only have 40,000 members on their page. So they're rounding to the nearest million, and I get that. So although Iran is hanging same-sex couples, 
Um, they would be much better off being in the JCPenney catalog. <laughs> be alive, at least. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. This is from ABC <laughs> News. JCPenney features same-sex couple in May catalog. Um, and I know that the, the million moms uh, who are nearly one million moms short of that number, by the way. <laughs> They've not yet reached their goal no, of one million. They're still out. short over nine hundred thousand. Yeah, they need a lot more moms. <laughs> they need <laughs> many, many more moms. <laughs> um, they're a little upset about it. It's a you know, it is to be fair. After clicking, you know, from the story of the four uh, men hanged uh, for homosexuality, to to click away from that picture and to see a picture of two smiling women with their arms around each other and, you know, what appears to be their child and to get fucking outraged about that. Yeah. I mean, you're just doing your life wrong. Oh, I know. I know. Your sense of moral outrage is in the wrong spot. You should be outraged that people are dying because they're just expressing the sexuality that they were born with. And uh, and in this case, uh, I really think that this is a great image I do want to say, though, um, and we have in the past said uh, that, you know, places that are LGBT friendly, you know, you should go there because, you know, they're looking to make money off of off of uh, off of existing. And, you know, they're not going to get any money from the moms, the million of moms that are like 46 moms that are fucking right. banging away on their computer. They're not going to get any money from those people or the people that those people convince. So, you know, we should support these things. But clearly. Clearly, clearly, this is an advertising ploy. I mean, let's not forget that this is an advertising ploy. Uh, They are uh, looking for, and they even say it in here, they're looking for to change their customer base to a more progressive group. They've lost a lot of money in the past, and they're looking to get with people that are more progressive. So, you know, this is, we're not missing that point. I just want to let people know that we're not missing the fact that JCPenney is trying to market to people that would be LGBT friendly. Um, Right. But I do think that it's a great step in the right direction, and it's something that has to happen. Uh, You know, I'm sure that the first magazine that put out a black and a white person in the, you know, hugging or something on the magazine cover or inside the magazine got a lot of shit for it. And they were probably trying to reach the younger generation back then. But now it's a commonplace, and it's got to start somewhere. And if it starts in ads, great. It starts in ads. One of the things that's interesting about this is that when Ellen DeGeneres came out, you know, it says right in the article, when she oh, came yeah. out, yeah. Um, you know, J.C. Penney was one of the advertisers that pulled out of her, you know, pulled out from, from advertising on right. her show. But this is how cultures change. Absolutely. And this is a sign of a change in your culture. And this is this is a positive thing. And, it, you know, it's it, it just feels good. I mean, it fucking feels good to click over from that fucking horror show in Iran. Yeah. And to, to click over to this thing and it'll be like, wow, you know, like it. I hate to shop for things, but it makes me want to go to JCPenney and just buy a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, just to be like, good, you know, change change it, make it in everybody's face i mean advertising if you you can't you can't go anywhere without being bombarded by advertising you know i think it's a great way to uh to spread the message that you know we're not going to put up with this shit and there had to be a day when that didn't exist and now there's a day where it did exist right. you know there has to be that transitional period yeah and i think they did the right thing here 
putting lesbians in, you know, like the J.C. Penny catalog. Because I don't know about you as a kid, but I would definitely take the Sears or the J.C. Penny catalog. <laughs> and you know, you know, you don't really have any access to anything else. So you hey, just examine your circumcision. It's the That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Examine it very closely, and you turn to the lingerie section, and be like, hmm, what's going on back here in the bra yeah, thank section? Thank you, J.C. Penny. <laughs> <laughs> you devil, you. <laughs> Do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Why don't you answer him? He's talking big right now. I don't know what he's saying. He's asking you if you swear. No, but I know all the words. He's asking you if you'll swear to tell the truth. Truth is stranger than fiction, Judgey Wudgey. <laughs> so this next story is from The Raw Story. Should cook one of these. Church sues women. Blah. Church sues woman for $500,000 after negative Google review. Uh, That's insane. (laughs) Uh, How could she have done $500,000 worth of damage? You know, our whole Internet culture is based on reviews. I don't know about you, Cecil. I I don't buy anything anymore without checking out reviews. Right. Anything. I review, I mean, like... My wife makes fun of me because I will review. I will read reviews of fucking. If I'm spending twenty dollars, like, uh, let's read reviews first. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We can't make this impulse buy without reading reviews. I don't see any reason why churches can't get reviewed and then sue for a half a million dollars. How many people read her review? How much tithing do they really think they lost? Yeah. Five hundred thousand. When you 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 were a churchgoer, right, Cecil? When yeah, you were a kid? when I was a kid. Yeah. Did you? I remember my dad went to church and he would tithe and he would like they would pass the plate and he put ten dollars in the plate. So that's forty dollars a week. You know, by if my math is right. You went to church four times a week. Oh no, I went to church twice a week. So that'd be twenty dollars. <laughs> You're bad. Sorry, at math. I can't <laughs> do the maths. No, but still, even okay, twenty bucks a week. Um, 20 bucks a week, even if it's just like you convinced one parishioner to go away, how many years? That's like a fucking, like that's from the beginning of time until now. Right. It's like, well, it's 6,000 years. (laughs) That's like, we could have dinosaurs live and die within that time span. Yeah. You know, we don't have the same rules here in the States that they do, um, in other countries with libel laws and whatever. You can fucking start a blog and be like, this church sucks. You're allowed to do that. People don't have, you don't have to read the blog. People don't have to listen to you, but you have the right to say this church sucks. And I hope the judge finds these people for bringing up a frivolous lawsuit. I do too. That would be spectacular. That would be awesome. Because it's really just egregious. What about turning the other cheek? Yeah. Well, you didn't turn the other cheek. You filed a 54-page defamation suit. Yeah. The only people that are that get mad when you call them a cult are cults, okay? Right, no That's kidding. the only people who get mad because everybody else is like, we're not a cult. That's stupid. But if you're a real cult, you're like, did you just call us a cult? I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue the fuck out of you. You know what I mean? Like they're, gonna, like they're fucking boiling. You're going to get their blood boiling by calling it, by fucking calling a spade a spade. All right. Wait, hang, hang on. I'm going to test this theory you've got. Cecil, your home is a cult. That's it. I'm suing Your you. Your family is a cut. I'm suing yep. you. I'm hiring a lawyer to sue you for $500,000. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. We're going to give you all the information that you need to find us on Facebook, to find us on Twitter, on Google, to leave us Google voicemail, although nobody does that. 
Yeah, nobody we ever still leaves give us you the number every week. We, so. do, we give it every time. Nobody calls us. I think they're afraid to hear their voice, or they're actually, I think more importantly, afraid to get Google Translated. I don't know why Google Translate does such an excellent job. <laughs> does not actually do an excellent job. We'll return in just a few minutes if uh, Cecil doesn't get his home or his office, rather, raided by NATO protesters. He'll be fucking helicoptering it. <laughs> I can hear the glass breaking in the yeah. background as people fucking swoop in. Oh, God, here they come. Oh, they're going to circumcise you again. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. That's not I don't have anything really to give anymore. Not, yeah, like I already gave. I gave at the office. Fuck. <laughs> no thanks. All of your foreskin are belong oh. to us. <laughs> You can email these assholes at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. For more information on this or any other episode, visit the Cognitive Dissonance website, dissonancepod.com. Like our show on Facebook to join in the conversation. Just search for Cognitive Dissonance in Facebook or go to our website for the link. You can converse with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Help us out by retweeting and reposting our shows. You can call us and leave us a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. Your help is fucking greatly appreciated. So, this story is from krem.com. Krem! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Faith healers found not guilty on second degree murder charges. A jury found an Okanagawan County couple not guilty of second-degree murder. Um, their son, their 17-year-old son's appendix burst. Oh. Uh, which they prayed about. Sure. You know. And then he died because his appendix burst. <laughs> Isn't that thing filled with, like, all kinds of nasty, too? And when it blows up, it just fucking makes you septic? I think the appendix, now, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no medical professional, but I think that's just, like, a time bomb of hate <laughs> inside your it's body. It's a time bomb of vestigial hate. <laughs> Right. It's just like, hey, you know what maybe I'll do? Yeah. Blow up and kill you. You know, I'm totally useless. Did you know that? The only use I have is killing you. Right. You could do without me, no problem. But if I blow up, you're going to die. If I could take you with me, motherfucker. I'm useless. Now you're useless, motherfucker. It's like, wait, but will it hurt? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, man. It's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to hurt real bad, too. You're going to die so bad. Man, that's a good deal. The appendix is a good deal. That's proof of that's proof of intelligence. Yeah, design. right there. Yeah, that's just, you want to have a time bomb in your gut. Yeah. And these people are praying over their son. It says too. This is another group. It says they belong to the Church of the Firstborn. You said change it to the Church of the Secondborn. I say change it to the Church of the Empty Nesters. That's what I change it to. <laughs> oh my god! You may as well call Jack Bauer when that thing blows up. Like, where's the bomb? <laughs> Sorry, I had to go back to that. I had the Jack Bauer joke. This I, I I don't know how you find him not guilty. How do you find somebody not guilty? Like the, here's it's here's how you find them not guilty. Neglect. If the faith worked, right? You know, if but it didn't. Work. God came down with a fucking magic fucking prayer vacuum cleaner and sucked the fucking appendix out of him, <laughs> and then he's fucking cleaner. fine after that. Yeah, then that would work. But it's not. It's fucking clear neglect. It is clear neglect. You would not. If somebody was, if a child died of starvation, you would not take those people to court and then they say, well, you know, you didn't feed your kid food. And be like, well, I fucking prayed about it. 
<laughs> I fed I him faith. fucking prayed, motherfucker. And they'd be like, oh, <laughs> fucking get the cuffs off of them. Send those fuckers back out into the world. Wouldn't fucking happen. Same thing if you yeah. beat your kid to death. And they'd be like, oh, you beat your kid to death. I was fucking praying the whole time. Oh, cool. <laughs> Let him go. I was hitting him. <laughs> any other kind of abuse, any other kind of neglect, fucking, we will fucking send you to pound me in the ass prison. But, you know, take a moment to fucking pray instead of take, fucking dialing 911, which you can do both at the same fucking time. Nah, it's fucking cool. We'll let him out. Send him back yeah, to the fucking does, church of the firstborn. Can you imagine that? Your appendix burst. You're like, oh, God. That is really hurting, Mom. <laughs> Can we? I'm not kidding. Oh, this is real bad, actually. Quite, yeah. quite painful. Yeah. yeah, we'll just, we'll go ahead and pray about that. You probably got a bad case of not praying enough. <laughs> That's probably what you have. Yeah. You know, God will take his fucking spirit floby and, you know, cram it up your ass and suck out all the demons. And you'll be just fine. You know? What? Or that won't happen because it's not real. And you'll die horribly. What if a kid, like, cut his fucking leg off? And they're like, oh, well, we gave him some Imodium, but he didn't, <laughs> he didn't pull through. <laughs> you know, like, you're fucked. We cauterized yeah. it with love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put a tourniquet oh. of faith on there. <laughs> it fucking gushy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking the blood of the holy right there. It's, uh, you know, when I fall and get hurt, sometimes I'll still reflexively be like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not praying. That didn't help. Right, right. Not guilty. Not guilty! Where is this at? Washington. Yeah. Take a clue from Oregon. Yeah, I'm going to say fucking guilty. Church of the firstborn. Because you have to give your firstborn. Like, they all, they're all, like, fucking playing at Abraham, like, sacrificing their fucking kids. There's not going to be a second generation in the Church of the Firstborn, okay? Just not going to yeah, happen. You you've got a terrible long-term business model. Yeah. Really? It's, although, I have to say, if you survive, you're fucking made of some robust material. You are. Because, I mean, you know, how many kids go through one real traumatic thing in their life? Probably right. many really traumatic things. I know when I was a kid, I was fucking falling the fuck down everywhere getting stitches. Like, I got fucking stitches five or six times when I was a kid because I was just a fucking klutzy kid. And I'd fucking smack my fucking head off something. And I'd have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> that explains so it much. It really does, turns out. <laughs> but, you know, I'd fucking wind up with stitches. But, you know, those are for... You know, I think those are really made to make parents feel better than anything else. Because I think it'll probably close up mostly on its own, unless it's like fucking forty-five stitches or something. But yeah, that's why I use super glue. Yeah. Oh yeah, just I just I just wrap the kid's head in a fucking towel. Yeah, I'll fucking deal with. It. I'll take the towel off later. But I use super prayer. Yeah, super actually, prayer doesn't work. Turns out, ask the no. church of the firstborn. But you know, uh, you know, how many kids have one or two or three traumas growing up? They have to go to the emergency room for it. I mean. I don't know how many times your kid's gone to the emergency room, but I know when I was a kid and I was probably your son's age, I had probably been in the emergency room four or five times. We have a standing reservation. Sure. It's just, we just show up. They're like, oh, it's, it's you guys yeah. again. Bring them on in. Welcome. We got your room. Nice candlelit area in the back over there. That's yours. My son's middle name is actually Danger. <laughs> he is in the emergency room. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm so, I, I think he's he's right now. He's either in bed sleeping or in the emergency room. I'm not sure which. Yeah. It's the second place I look. We'll pray and then you'll know. That's yeah. how I figure it out. I am a terrible human being. Our 
our governor here in the state of Texas called for a day of prayer and fasting last May. Uh, we were in the height of a drought that that uh, meteorologists were, were telling us was a part of a cycle that would would last perhaps for a number of years, uh, and uh, that it would take us years to get our lake levels back up and so forth. It, it occurs to me that uh, not immediately, but after that, that prayer event that 30,000 people participated in, we started getting rain, and, and in in less than a year, our lakes are full, uh, our fields are brimming. Uh, a lot of people uh, seem not to connect the, the dots on that, but we've got a, a fresh illustration of how God honors prayer. Yeah, that's that's one of those many things that the historians will look back up uh, upon and say, look at the correlation. But I look back over the last few years at Sonny Perdue of Georgia, who called in the middle of their drought. That was an unprecedented. It was a century drought they had there. He called for prayer, and within three days, they, they had rain falling in Georgia again. Uh, they're back in good condition. Uh, I recall what happened with the, the oil spill in the Gulf, how that all the Gulf governors, except for Charlie Crist of Florida, got together and, and called for a time of prayer that God would mitigate the damage of that and cause that thing to be sealed. And, you know, guess what? All the expected damage along the shorelines and to all the wildlife, it didn't happen. So this next story is from Right Wing Watch. Um, this is pretty spectacular. So you guys will remember um, during the uh, Rick Perry uh, debacle candidacy, um, Rick Perry had decided, and we, we sort of lambasted and made fun of him, Rick Perry decided that the best way to uh, end the drought in Texas would be to have a statewide day of prayer and fasting. Because evidently God hates when you eat food. I don't know why he wants you to not eat a food <laughs> to convince him to do things. I actually, actually got to talk about that for a second. Can you imagine if the strength of somebody's argument was ever bolstered with, well, I'm not sure if I believe that. Well, hold on a minute, because you didn't hear the clincher. I skipped lunch. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> well, and then, like, I guess it's, I, I guess in God's eyes it's showing devotion, right? But I would think that ignoring all reason is devotion enough. Right? Yeah. Just wasting all of your Sundays. Yeah. Wasting your and, Sundays? Yeah, exactly. Like, why do I have to give up fucking lunch, too? <laughs> it's a ridiculous idea. So they're saying it worked. Yeah, oh, yeah. These, these nut huts, um, David Barton um, discussed, Scarborough and uh, David Barton, uh, they discussed the importance of prayer, prayer and fasting. And they basically said, like, well, hey, look, you know, we had this drought, and uh, we had our day of prayer and fasting, and then eventually, not right away, but eventually, the drought ended. Well, yeah. Droughts end. Sure. Droughts start. Yeah. That's the thing about them. They're not <laughs> permanent. Well, and then all you have to do, Tom, is here, look. I'm not even going to say it, uh, prayer or God. I'm just going to say to you, Tom, things are going to get better. Thanks. Okay? Things are going to get better. Now, I'm not fucking being very specific on what the things are. <laughs> and I'm not giving those things a time frame in which to get better. Nor am I saying the quantity or quality of how much they will get better or how great better is. None of those things. But if I say things will get better and then they get better, I can claim that as a hit. That's a re right. It's just a ridiculous way in which to look at the universe. Things will fluctuate. They will get better and worse and they will do things randomly. So if it gets better, you're suddenly going to claim it. The idea, too, that you're claiming that there's no fucking 
uh, no problems with the Gulf spill and wildlife. Are you fucking clinically stupid to think? I mean, there is fucking... There is fucking six-legged fish down there now. <laughs> are you fucking serious? Like, the stuff they are pulling out of there is from hell. It's like a fucking right out of a fucking Cthulhu fucking mystery. Well, this, I, I am always baffled that, that like, you have to have a tragic event, like a, like a, a oil spill or a drought, and then you have to pray for that thing to get better. I just don't understand why, why like, like, is God that stupid? Yeah. God is so stupid. He's like, I made a drought. And everybody's like, we didn't want it. Oh, I thought you did want a drought. <laughs> what? I made an orange beer. I know. Yeah, could you I have, made could you a dookie. Per- <laughs> right. He's like a particularly uh, like spoiled and, and uh, uh, inobservant child. I made a drought. Ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, look at my drought. We didn't want a drought. It's actually killing us. Okay. Jeez. I don't know why you guys didn't put it on the list of shit you didn't fucking want to have happen. Look, I made this tornado for you. (laughs) I done made the the wind swirls again. Oh, man. Oh, I love the idea of fucking... I don't know, a fucking God coming from the South, you know, from it's somewhere. Like a man yeah. <laughs> Hear him somewhere in fuck had a stand down there, you know, <laughs> just some fucking like complete backwoods dullard who just doesn't fucking know. He just is so clueless. He's like, I thought I made you something you'd like. You know? <laughs> I fucking love that idea. <laughs> I know that I'm all-knowing and all-powerful, but I didn't know you didn't want that. It's like a mixture what? of, like, fucking Gomer Pyle and fucking Forrest Gump. Like, that's what I see. God in his big old fucking bib overalls with the fucking wheat hanging out of his mouth or whatever, the piece of grass. Oh, I'll make you something you gonna like. Like, I fucking love it. I like, too, that he never, like, like God in these stories never fixes the problem. He just mitigates the damage. <laughs> you know? You know? And after the fact. <laughs> it's like, it, it's almost like you look up and you're like, whoa, whoa, fucking little help here? He's like, just a little. <laughs> what? What? It got, I got, I got fucking regular people scraping birds with dawn. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got like Joe six packs out there with like a scrub brush and some fucking degreaser trying to like save a fucking turtle. Yeah. And God is up there like, hmm. Oh, you didn't like greasy turtles? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I could have fixed that. But I thought you wanted a damaged environment. Gabriel, why didn't you tell me? This isn't on the board. Why didn't anybody put this on the board? Take that, God, you douchebag. God is stupid. He's <laughs> a stupid, stupid deity. Oh, man. But yeah, you prayed, and that's what fixed the fucking problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and there's no reason to... There's no reason to not take credit for it now. And then also just to make shit up. Like... That's that's how this stuff works. That's why this is on right wing watch, right? It's on there because fucking uh, because they're just making fucking something up out of nowhere and saying, oh, you know, everything's better now in the Gulf. I don't know if you heard everything's better in the Gulf. 
Now that everything's better, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to send money down there. We don't have to volunteer to fucking scrub a duck down there. We don't have to do any of that shit. You know, it's all just fucking, it's all just better. Have a fucking giant crawdad. Here's a fucking, here's a crawdad pie. Enjoy it. Ducks here. Scrub a duck here. Gotcha, scrubbing ducks. <laughs> hey, what do you got? Any scrubbing ducks? Uh, wasn't it Rush Limbaugh a few years back who said that about the Valdez? It's like, oh, yeah, that's all fine. Oh, yeah, he even... Nature s- just yeah. turns it into blueberries yeah, or something. That's what he said. <laughs> he's, like, what? he's like, oh, yeah, you can't mess up the ocean with oil. Like, come on now. <laughs> he's like, yeah, what he said was like, nature just eats that yeah, shit. Yeah, it just eats it right up. Yeah. It's like, ah, I'm nature. Nature is not Rush Limbaugh, okay? <laughs> And oil is not oxycontin. Yeah, no. so. <laughs> You're all sick! Oh, be nice! Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay! Oh my god, what's happening now? We work hard, we play hard. <laughs> We're back to LGBTQ Nation. <laughs> Nation. Nation. Paul Cameron suggests Obama is gay, <laughs> demands gays be imprisoned before they rape kids. This is the best story ever. I, I, the picture, I love this. Paul Cameron of the Family Research Institute is an expert. Uh, no, he is not. Um, he's cited by a whole bunch of other family research councils and concerned individuals for America and basically any of the fucking we don't like sex hate groups. Right. Um, and this guy is about as crazy as they come. Just just about as crazy as they come. There's a terrific picture of him, though, like staring up at the clouds. Oh, yeah. The, the picture on the uh, on the YouTube video. Yes. Yeah. I love that picture. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like he's wearing the white suit, like, you know, he's, the southern evangelical. His hands are covering up his boner, too. I don't know. If That's he, yeah. exactly I mean, what totally they do. Well, it's because he's, he's he's feeling a little hot because he knows this is going to be on LGBTQ watch or nation. And he says, uh. And actually, while I'm not sure about the claims by the various people who have reported that Obama has at least participated at times with them in homosexual acts, this certainly lends some credence. Mark my words clearly, the long-term goal of the homosexual movement is to get every little boy to grab his ankles and every little girl to give it a try. They will not rest until every one of our children at least gets to try, has the opportunity, and maybe is forced to at least experience homosexual acts. There is no retreating from that. They made it very clear earlier on. Now they don't take about it. I think he means to say talk about it. But that's what they want. They will not be happy until they get it. Marriage is just a step along the way. Give me a break, dude. What a fucking dimwit. You know, here's the thing. If you don't want people to be gay, stop having gay kids, you know, because you're the one who's fucking procreating and these kids are gay. It's your fault because you're just you're just so straight. You're just so hyper straight that you're having gay kids. That's the way right. it works. That's how that's They're not, not. It's not a learned trait. It's a fucking natural trait. It's coming. It's not coming from behavior. It's not coming from the parents te- teaching them. They. The idea that that all they want to do is make sure that everybody tries it once. Like, there's nothing in me that wants to try anything gay. I just don't right. want to do it. I know. Like, it's I, not it's not for me. 
And it's the same thing for the gay people that are listening. They're like, there's nothing in me that wants to do anything straight. Awesome. Looks like we can live in the universe together. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I, I think about that, and they, they talk about, well, you know, they want to, they just need to avoid temptation. You know, you'll hear that all the time. Well, you know, that there's a difference between, you know, how a person acts and what a person is tempted by. And they make it sound like it's very natural for straight people to be tempted by homosexual uh, offers or the uh, the idea of homosexual activity, but that's not the case. Right. That's not the case. I'm, straight people are by and large straight. I mean, there's a continuum. Sexuality, of course, is a continuum. Right, sure. There are people who, who, who are you know curious or you know bi or what have you, and I don't discount that for a moment. I, I know that that's the case, but you know, if you identify primarily as straight, it's not like you're straight, but every day. You know, just got it. You know, I'm 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 really straight, but man, I'm also just trying not to have gay sex all the time. Yeah, sure. What? That's not a thing, right? It's like you know, if you don't like pizza, <clears throat> you don't walk past the pizza parlor and think I do not like pizza, but I'm having a very hard time not buying some pizza right now. <laughs> I'm having a very hard time not fucking this pizza. That's all <laughs> right. right. No, but uh, but you know, this look, I understand. I, and I and I will admit, you know, I'm attracted to lesbians, but that's just because it's a two for one sale. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but it doesn't necessarily. I mean, I'm not a fu- I, I'm not attracted to men at all. But look, if somebody is, what's the big fucking deal? The thing is, is like these people that are that are so rabidly anti homosexual. First off, I think they are repressing something because nobody would say this if they didn't have some sort of feelings i think that that reflect this nobody's gonna say the goal of all gays is to make all the boys try it right. you know what i mean why like, would anybody care well, well and and really you know when you think about that when you just think about that in your head you're like okay well the goal of all gays is to make somebody try it like wait so you're saying that somebody would be susceptible to wanting to try it even if they weren't gay what are you saying about yourself right well that's exactly what i mean it's when they talk about you know, temptation. I think they're really just ex- externalizing their their own temptation, their own feelings of being tempted. Sure, because I'm not worried about temptation and homosexual activity. Right. I just don't have homosexual feelings. Right. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So, Cecil, this next story is so weird, oh, dude. It's from the smoking gun, cops. Pastor hid cameras in church bathroom. Indiana pastor's facing a voyeurism charge. I've never even heard of a voyeurism charge. For placing hidden cameras disguised as air fresheners in the women's bathroom. I, this is fucking gross, man. <laughs> this is like... You know, we were talking earlier about, like, when you were a kid and, like, you took the, you know, Sears catalog and you opened it up to the fucking maiden form section. Yeah. <laughs> you're so desperate to see a skin yeah. and a shape. I mean, if you're so desperate that you're like, you know, it'd be awesome watching that chick poop. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> That's not hot. Yeah, like, there's nothing less sexy than watching somebody squeeze out a deuce. <laughs> right? Like, really, really, you're- I can't think of a si- like. I I cannot think of a single thing that I would, I mean, I would want to see less than somebody being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a fat, juicy dump. You know, just be like, uh, I, I don't 
don't want to know about your dumps. And you know, like like most girls, at least the girls that I've always dated, you didn't even know they farted until like six months into the relationship. You have no idea that they shit until a year into the relationship. You're just right. like, wait, yes. th- you go poo? Oh, yeah, yeah, I poo. Yeah, I poo. But really, this whole thing is the most, it's like gross out humor. Like I can't believe that somebody would possibly do this. And what do you, what could you possibly see? Because this thing's got to be, you know, even if it's, you know, ground level or whatever or somehow, the best you're going to see is like an ass. Like the best you're going to see is somebody come in because most of the time when you sit on the toilet, like you're you're kind of sitting there and you're like, okay, well, I'm sitting there and my hands are on my legs. My pants might be like around my ankles or around my knees. So really you can't see any cooter and then you can't see any, any ass anymore because it's all plastered against the seat. So what are you actually seeing? You're not seeing anything. Like, I understand the concept of putting that in, like, a fucking dressing room, right? I understand when they're like, oh, they got caught fucking, somebody had a fucking hidden camera in a dressing room. Because people get down, they take lots of clothes off and change into bras or panties or whatever in there, and you can see most of the body. But here you can't even really see anything. It's just, like, if, if fucking watching somebody piss and shit gets you off, then great. I'm sure there's plenty of websites that'll let you do that. Well, that's the thing. It's like, have you not heard of the internet? <laughs> it's a newfangled thing. Yeah. If if you're into the poop, like if that's your yeah, thing, I mean, I get it. One cup, bro. I mean, go but for it. You know, there are ways to satisfy that urge. You do not need to put air freshener cameras in the crapper of the church, <laughs> pastor, pastor of the church. <laughs> He was just trying to get to know his flock, you know. So we got a couple of emails here. No voicemails, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, but we're going to start out with Jake. Jake sent an email saying that uh, that he enjoys the podcast. He calls Tom Jerry Seinfeld, um, which is couldn't be further from the truth. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld's occasionally funny. Yeah. <laughs> and rich. And rich. I'm not Jerry Seinfeld yeah. at all. Um he also says What's that. What's with these Jerry Seinfeld jokes? <laughs> What's the deal with cognitive dissonance? Um, so, uh, so he also says at the bottom here, he says that he knows everyone's a critic is over, but you two should still watch Antichrist and Low. I have no idea what Low is, but Tom, you've seen Antichrist. Yeah, I've seen Antichrist. I had no idea what I was getting into at all. I randomly found it on Netflix and thought, this will be a hoot. Yeah, you didn't. Anybody who's seen Antichrist right now. Is probably laughing their asses off knowing the fucking horror show of the psychosexual drama that is that movie. It involves genital mutilation. Genital mutilation oh, with go. scissors well, and hey, it goes it goes full circle. That's all I'm saying. Gah! Full circle. It is deeply unpleasant movie. Yeah, I'm not interested in watching somebody clip their fucking peepee. That's not the thing I want to no, see. No, it's her. It, I don't want to yeah, know. Don't no. want to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even comfortable <laughs> saying the lady bit parts, man. Like she cuts that shit off. So uh, we got an email from Narnia. <laughs> we did. We we're supposed to keep this hush hush. Yeah. Well, I don't know um, that it matters anymore. I think they got her. It looks like it sounds like came. from the end of this email. Yeah. That they may have yeah, found Emily, her. Emily, we hope we hope that you're still alive and that the centaurs didn't find you in the wardrobe. But uh, but please keep us up to date on what's happening in Narnia, and we appreciate an email from such a faraway land. I was just pleased they have an internet connection. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we 
got an email. We got a, a Google Plus message from uh, Denis from France. Who said? <laughs> who said that he, he was happy that he was our listener du jour? And I go to the French uh, iTunes page here, Denny, and it says uh, something in French, but it also doesn't have any any people that have rated us. Um, <laughs> but so, but we trust that you will eventually. Please don't put on the je déteste. Instead, do j'adore, if you will. That's five stars in French. I don't know. I guess it means five. J'adore means five. So I have no I idea. I just learned. That j'adore means five. So fantastic. So you have to say it that way. I do. Too. I, I just did to twice, it. and yeah. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, <laughs> we got an email from uh, Anthony, and Anthony's a young lad in high school. His stepmom got him to uh, listen because she uh, bitches about religion, and she said, "Hey, you know, if you're going to bitch about religion, here's some assholes who bitch about religion too." So, uh, so we're glad that you're listening. And also, don't introduce a, don't introduce any of your friends without a parent parental fucking slip. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Christy sent an email and she said, Tom, that uh, she likes my laugh, but she thinks I sound like salacious crumb. Now, if you don't know who that is, that's the little cackling thing that sits next to Jabba the Hutt in the Return of the Jedi movies. So the person you sound exactly like. I sound exact. I actually look like Salacious Crumb, too. I don't know if you know. <laughs> but I, I'm, the, I'm that size, and I sit next to a very large fat man, also known as Tom. Tom, and- <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, we see- <laughs> Feed me another frog. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Christy. We appreciate you listening. Um, and we we kind of uh, misrepresented an email last time, and we want to get it right. John sent us an email last time, and we were talking about being converted, but uh, but he says, no, I think you guys missed my point. And his point was, well, Tom, why don't you read it for us? He said, uh, rather, I was making the observation that how the often smug superiority from a lot of atheists slash skeptics in debates will turn people away from more openly examining that worldview because of the fashion in which it was delivered. I was more interested in your view on this. Ironic, given your guests today actually addressed such in passing. Uh, I'm sorry if we misrepresented your email. We certainly didn't intend to misrepresent your email. The problem is that my smug superiority as an atheist yeah. <laughs> and skeptic naturally got in the way of... Right, sure. Um, no, I hear what you're saying. Um, do I think that there's a general attitude of, of smugness and superiority that atheists lord over the... The non-religious and that keeps them at distance. Um, you know, no, I I actually don't think so. I think some people are assholes, and most people aren't. And, and I think that goes for atheists just like it goes for the religious. And some people are smug, and some people aren't. And I think different different people have different audiences. I think our audience is people who are already entrenched in the in this system. They're not they're not believers. They're people who don't believe. Uh, in they're, they're skeptics or they're they're atheists. Um, I think that those are the people that we're tr- we're already talking to. I don't think that if you played our podcast for somebody who was uh, on the fence, that they would switch over. That they would be like, "Oh, I totally believe what they had to say," because we're not very convinced. <laughs> um, what great points yeah, they've raised. Point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not going to do that. But right. we're not trying to do that. And I think I think uh, you can't lump everybody together. And say, well, some of the people are jerks because I don't think that some of those people are really trying to get people to um, to shed religion. I think the people that are really actively trying to do it um, and that are successful at it 
are the people that are willing to have debates and not step on people's beliefs like a Shermer or, or a Sagan. We got a couple of emails from Tiffany. It seems like Tiffany was listening while she was drinking some wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we got three emails, three emails in the same day. The, the same last day. one was just like drinky, drinky, yeah, drinky. So it was just like, I am drinky. Thank you for listening, Tiffany. Um, and, uh, and we're glad that you're listening. Uh, we we want to finish up with an email from Lana. Now, Lana sends us an email that is uh, has two parts. Um, the first one – now, Lana's from Calgary, uh, which is in the America's hat up there. <laughs> Lana says uh, the first thing is that there's a sort of a punch in the gut about atheism is that is that when, you know, when we die, there's nothing. Uh what about that kind of? And then there's also the idea that we don't really have a community. Um, you know, there's a lot of loneliness. We don't have the same, uh, especially, you know, the way religious people get together and, and, and that sort of thing. It's really not, you know, there's not really a solidified sort of feeling between atheists. We don't have, you don't have a support structure. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously pulling this out of your email, um, but I, I feel like, the, the death question we've never really addressed on this show. Um, existential anxiety sucks. I mean, I'm going to say right, right now, it sucks. Uh, the, you know, existence on its own is, is, it, is its own um, sort of thing you have to contend with. And then the idea that one day you won't exist is just, uh, at least when you finally realize it, it's, it's kind of a horrifying prospect. But, uh, but there's, there's ways in which I think that people deal with it. Um, Tom, you recently had some, some uh, death for somebody close to you. How did you do? You know, I, I, I certainly didn't feel an urge to, um, to ha- to escape in any kind of religious or spiritual thinking. Um, you know, what I did is, you know, I think what, what people tend to do cross culturally is um, I very much looked forward to, um, if, if it can be said that that's the case, to uh, a memorial service where um, I could gather along with other people who are grieving the loss of this person, and and we could, uh, you know, spend time together, you know, having, you know, talking about this person and and remembering the the things that they did. I will say though that um, in the grieving process, uh, you know, there were several times where I, I sort of caught myself having this internal conversation, um, which, you know, I think if, if a person was religious, that conversation could be thought to be real, you know, where you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're sort of speaking in your head to the person that that's now, uh, deceased. Um, but I recognized pretty immediately, you know, as I'm doing it, that what I'm really doing is having a, a conversation internally, not with the deceased and the spirit of the deceased, but I'm having a conversation with myself, and that's that's part of the grieving process where you work out, you know, your your thoughts and your feelings about the event and about the death and about how you're going to deal with the loss of this person in your life. And uh, you know, does it suck to realize that this person who was once, you know, a part of your life is is essentially worm food? Yeah, I mean that sucks. But you know, things suck. Like some things just suck, yeah. <laughs> and and you can't. You can't gain. You, you're you're not gaining anything by taking a false comfort. Yeah, I don't um, think there's but, anything to gain. You know, it's not a real comfort. And and I did that thing that everybody I think does, where you you have the conversation with the deceased in your head, and 
you know, that's a conversation with yourself. That's all that is. And if you just recognize that, you're okay. It's like a psychological process. It's like a conversation with the, with the memory of that person. Exactly. Um, when I think about uh, – now, this is dealing with the death of another person. But when I think about my death, when I think about what's going to happen when I die, um, there's a lot of people that, that get solace in the idea of, well, you didn't exist before you, you, know, before you were born – for the entirety of the 13 billion years that the universe has been around and, you know, this tiny little bit of time that you're going to be here, you're not going to exist afterwards either. So they get solace in that. The one thing I do get a little solace from is I think that uh, all good things have an ending. If things didn't have an ending, then there it doesn't feel like there'd be a lot of a point to it. So I, I really do feel like uh, when I do go – whether it's tomorrow or, you know, at this rate with this body 25 years from now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm hoping that uh, that I've lived a life that I can look back and be, be somewhat proud of. And uh, that's all I can really hope for. I, I, I don't I, – I do obviously I think a lot of people that are atheists will have those moments where they're just sitting there thinking, fuck – um, you know, time's running out. Eventually I'm going to go. And uh, and it's not a good feeling, but it's I don't think that there's anything to be gained, like we said earlier, in false in feeling like, oh, well, there's some sort of false uh, sense of I'm going to live forever. I also think that living forever is terrifying. I actually think living forever is more terrifying than dying. Um, the idea of living on and on and on and on forever is a, is a really kind of terrifying concept to me, it actually scares me more than than if I were just to die. Um, in the second part of this email, Lana says, uh, and I'm not going to read it, but basically uh, our, our viewpoints are very intense. What, but what if something happened uh, with, with, say, acupuncture that proved it was the case? Uh, and it says, because I got to say, I can't picture listening to a podcast where you say, hey, guess what? We were wrong about that shit on acupuncture. Turns out there's more to it. Uh I I would like to think that I'm be willing to say, hey, you know, you know, we were bagging on chiropractors a couple weeks ago. Turns out I was wrong. Uh, hey, we were fucking wrong about Bigfoot. He came and fucking rode to work with me the other day or whatever. I I think I would, you know, I would. Uh, <laughs> Bigfoot's fucking in the carpool yeah. lane. <laughs> I needed a ride. But I feel like I feel like I would like to think that I would be honest enough with myself that I would say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. And I'm willing to hear anybody's uh, anybody's evidence as long as there's really evidence. The thing is, is that a lot of people have brought forth, let's just talk about, you know, for example, crop circles. I think crop circles are made by people. That's what I think. Uh, I have a lot of evidence to support this because many people have come forth. I've seen people create the same exact diagrams in the snow with just their shoes. I've seen I've seen people show other people how they've done the crop circles, really intricate designs, et cetera, et cetera. So I know it can be done with just a fucking simple uh, stick and a rope. So I'm not convinced that it's anything supernatural at all. Now, if somebody films something with you know inconclusive truth or i go out and i see there's there's a fucking gremlin out there <laughs> making the fucking crop circles i'll change my mind yeah i think the other thing too is that um 
I, I like to think that I would change my mind, but I'll be honest. I'm, I, you would meet some resistance from me. And the reason you would meet some resistance from me in a lot of these topics um, is you carry a heavy burden of proof when you talk about the supernatural. A very heavy burden. And I'm not going to help you lift it. Um, the supernatural is supernatural. It's outside the realm of naturalistic explanations. You know, something like acupuncture, if a study came out in the, you know, New England Journal of Medicine tomorrow that said that acupuncture uh, cures tinnitus and I had tinnitus, I'd go get acupuncture and I would revise the skeptic's creed. Yeah, I would do it happily. <laughs> um, I don't have a dog in that fight. Um, if you're going to tell me that it's, uh, you know, little green men uh, or it's, uh, you know, magic of any kind, if the explanation involves magic in any way. Well, you got some heavy lifting to do before. Yeah, if it's little green men and then little green men show up and there's fucking little green men on my TV and there's little green men walking down my street, then I'm going to be like, well, fuck, little green men. I was wow, wrong. Look at that. I, well, here's the thing. See, so I wouldn't have been wrong then. But if I said there weren't aliens now, I'd be wrong. You know, sure, if I sure. say right now there's no evidence for aliens and thus I don't believe that aliens are visiting Earth... I'm not wrong. No, because there isn't any. When I wake up tomorrow, if there's a fucking alien driving my car, I'd be like, wow. Now I would be wrong to say the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) But we thank you, uh, Lana from Calgary. Thank you for sending in your uh, your email. We appreciate it. Um, And uh, and we love to get email. We love to get voicemail. So make sure you uh, you send us those things uh, so we can talk to you via the podcast. So that wraps it up for this week. We're actually going to be uh, recording. This is good. this is a coming out quickly, but next time we're going to try to get back on the Monday schedule. So it's actually being released either Sunday or Monday, not this week, but during uh, during Memorial Day that's coming up next week. So to hold you over, here's the Skeptics Creed: Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.